Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, how's it going? Man, it's, it's going well, man. I uh, Today's a, a special day in my heart. You know, uh, I was looking at the calendar this morning, and unfortunately, I lost my mother nine years ago mm-hmm. uh, today. Uh, you know, I loved her very much, as we all love our moms. And, uh, you know, I was reflecting on some of the things that I think that I learned from her. And uh, one of those things was how to treat people and how to receive people and, and to always uh, try to love everyone. I mean, that was one of the things where I really look back at our relationship. So, you know, today when I was thinking about a show, there's something that's been on my uh, mind and, and in my prayers for a while about a certain group that all of us, if you're Catholic, have in our lives. And it's our it's our priest, you know, and how to receive and how to love them. Um, you know, like I said, it was something I learned from my mom and it's something that over the last couple of years with all these things that have happened in my life with, with, you know, leaving the secular world and, and going full time into ministry and being involved with, with a lot of priests and a lot of clergy, uh, it, I've been drawn into a lot of relationships with some of them, very close relationships and, and ones that I wouldn't trade for anything. And so I've been really contemplating, you know, writing a book about some of these experiences and talk to some of the priests and they, they're very, uh, supportive of it uh there's some of the things we're going to talk about today that directly come from things that they've told me uh that they experience and and uh how they want to be received as well some you know for the most part now all men are different all priests are different but i can tell you there's a majority of opinions from the ones i've been around on Mm -hmm. on some of the ways that they'd like to be received as well so you know first of all i want to say priests are intrinsically different right from the moment that they're ordained there is a difference in them they're not just like you and me, you know, there, there was a change that was in them. You know, you and I can't transubstantiate. Uh, we can't baptize. We can't do those things. They can. So there's something different in them. But that being said, they still have the basic needs of, of every man, right? They need to have friendships. They need relationship. They need love in their life. They need to be feel like they're they're part of family and to be received that way. So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. And I know, you know, you and I hang out a lot. And, and so you're around a lot of the priests that mm-hmm. have grown close with them as well. So I just today we don't have a lot of notes. We just want to go into talking about yeah. the things that we've experienced and learned from these guys and this great love and and how blessed our lives have become just because of being open and receiving them and seeing how open they are to being received. Right. And well, and that's the thing you have to realize is that, um, a lot of these these gentlemen who become priests, uh, they're going nonstop. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're visiting people in hospital, people who are shut in, doing baptisms, preparing mm-hmm. funerals, uh, marriages. I mean, they're they're all the they're all the time, sure. and uh, they need kind of like that. Um, it gets you that that friendship, mm-hmm. you know, from the laity, and we need to like not just use them when we need them in a sense, sure, for serve our purpose, but also to appreciate them right you know and to it, invite them in our home and yeah. and and share food with our family no that's exactly right and and some of the comments that i've heard from different priests and you really have to it's because of the relationship we have and, and you develop that relationship by what you're saying by really opening your arms and not just doing the ceremonial you know once a year i should have this priest over because he's my pastor and you know it's the thing to do but to really seek these guys out say like look i desire a relationship with you beyond just 
you know, when we're at church, I, I want to be here for you. I want to be your friend. I want to give you a place to go when you need refuge, when you need when you need care, right? Like you're saying, they go and they care for all these people, but who's caring for them? Mm-hmm. And that's the role we can play as, 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 as the laity. But one thing that, that you, you said in there that was interesting is not just use them. And we can do that without really knowing it. And sometimes, most of the time, I believe, not on purpose, you know, using them, objectifying them. What I mean by that is sometimes we can treat our priests like the person in the fast food window. And what I mean by that is, you know, you wait in line and then you get to the window, you've ordered, you get to the window. Nobody wants to talk to the fast food window person. They just want to say, give me my food. Thank you. Let me go. And, and very unwittingly, we can do that with our priest, right? It's, I was talking to a, a friend of ours, you know, one night when he was over at the house, that's a priest. And, and, uh, we had this very conversation and I said, father, do you ever feel like, you know, people are walking up asking you to do stuff and they just leave and, and you're being left there alone, almost feeling used. And he said, yes. And he was, now this is my job. This is what I took on. And I, I love being a priest. He said, but yes, there is that feeling when, you know, sort of being put on a shelf, mm-hmm. you know, like just to, to paint a picture for you, you know, you open up your pantry and there's, there's your sugar, your flour, and then there's your priest sitting there, right? All the things you use when you need them. And so, you know, you pull this priest down and you blow the dust off of him. You say, Hey father and so-and-so I'm getting married. I met the perfect girl and I need you to come do the ceremony. And so he's, yes, yes. Great. I'd love to. And then you go through the ceremony, it's a beautiful event, and then, you know, you hand them 25 bucks or whatever and say, thank you, and then you go on your way. Maybe you invite them to the right. reception, maybe you don't. Well, it's, and, and mm-hmm. what you're saying, touching bases, like, so say, for instance, this this person who wants to get married. This, this sure. is a hypothetical question, because I think it happens a lot. So they come in, they go, hey, I'm getting married. Remember you baptized me and went to confirmation and stuff like that? You did all that for me? But since then, he hadn't, the priest hadn't seen this individual, but also wants to get married in church. Sure. You know what I'm saying? There has to be a commitment on both sides mm-hmm. to the faith. And, and so, of course, the priest's obligation, obligation is to say, yes, you know, I will gladly, you know, do your wedding ceremony. But the thing is, is like, you just can't come and go. You have to be constantly staying within that, that faith sure. and with that support of the, the priest and the right parish. and what happens is if they if they want to know us they want to desire a relationship with us so you know we use them and put them back use them and put them back mm-hmm. right so the next thing hey father we're having a kid you know we need him to get baptized and then you know you're there and he baptizes you and he's like hey what, what are we doing afterwards are you going to celebrate uh, are we going to lunch you know because a lot of baptisms happen around the noontime on a sunday or a saturday or something and you go oh no father you know actually i quit eating a year ago um it's funniest thing, like, you know, maybe another time. And of course I'm being facetious, but yeah. we find another reason not to involve them and not to involve them. And we're really selling ourselves short there. And we're and we're not being good sheep for the shepherd, I guess you could say, right? Like Pope Francis always says, the shepherds should smell like the sheep. And they can't do that when we don't allow the opportunity, right? We've got to be open to it. So we, once again, we put them back on the shelf and a couple months later when we need something else, hey, my kid needs to be confirmed and you blow the dust off of them. And hey, will you do that real quick? we're constantly taking them on the shelf, putting them back, taking them off the shelf. But they desire more than that. And if you put it in terms like, you know, I like to always put myself in people's position. How would I feel if they, even though it was my job, you know, and I signed up for it, that the only time people really wanted my time was when I could do something for them. Obviously, we don't have the sacraments without these guys. You know, there's no baptism without them. There's no Eucharist without them. There's no reconciliation without them. So that's a, that's a necessary part of their job. But the relationship can be so much deeper. And as I was looking this up, you know, I found the verse, uh, a couple of verses from First Thessalonians, Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, that really kind of talks about this a little bit. 
you know, Paul says to them in verse, you know, chapter two, verse one in first Thessalonians, for you yourselves know brothers that our reception among you is not without effect. With such affection for you, we were determined to share with you not only the gospel of, of God, but our very selves as well. So dearly beloved had you become to us. And as you know, we treated each one of you as a father treats his children. That's the thing. The name father automatically, you know, it presents a familiar, excuse me, familiar relationship, you know, that in itself. So are we receiving them as that? And how do we walk that balance between father and, and, and priest brother, all of those things? And that's the point of today. Is my father my brother? That's what we're asking today. Paul right there wasn't just speaking about, man, it was awesome to come and give you the word and and, and, and share the Eucharist with you and all of those things. He's, he, he mentions that first because it's the most important, but then he says, we miss you. We love you because we shared ourselves with you. And I think deep down, every priest wants to do that. He wants to feel like this parish just isn't another stop on my way to retirement. Mm-hmm. This is a family. And you look at the parishes that are receiving their priests in the right way, and the, and the priests are receiving that and, and giving back. It, it's completely different. It's a transformative moment for a parish when it's received. And at Holy Rosary over the last couple of years, you know, what we've done with the study group is invited that priest in, and he's built relationships with men. Generally, the hardest relationship to build for a priest, they say, is with men because they just there's this automatic weirdness almost between I don't know how to treat this guy like I can't just knock a you know slam our beer bottles together and and you know say go iris or something and then you know start a conversation the fact is you can with a lot of them yeah but there's this perception that oh my gosh I don't know how to act you know and and that's the thing we invited these men into our group and what did it do like all these guys now have a relationship with the with the previous priest uh, you know that were there a couple times over and now the present ones but it opened up and these men built this relationship and then through that the priest got a relationship with their wives and their children and i gotta tell you some of my best memories in the last couple of years it's not just been being on the road and speaking to people or having this podcast it's been the time where i'm sitting in my den and there's a priest in the floor with his shoes off and his collar loosened up a little bit playing um you know whatever shoots and ladders with the kids and then there's another one having a conversation in the den or in the kitchen with my wife about his family and the football game and all this stuff, but seeing them relaxed and welcomed and being, you know, man, this is so refreshing. I can come in here and just, yes, I'm still your father. And yes, if you needed me to go outside and take your confession right now, I could. But to be here just received as a person, as someone who is, is seen as a brother, right. that's so important, I think, in, in our growth as Catholics and as their growth as priests. Well, and so many priests live in isolation, too. Right. I mean, they're not every... Um parish is going to have multiple priests therefore the communal living uh, aspect is removed which means that they you know they're they're they desperately want to bond with a friend you know and mm-hmm. to kind of make a closeness of of kind of like a friendship and like i said when we remove that that barrier you know then then they feel actually like paul was saying a part of that church a part mm-hmm. of that parish living breathing and, you know longing to longing, be back there yes yeah so i mean and and that's what we need to be for everyone who's listening you know if you haven't invited a priest in your home cook dinner invite them in and you'll see a tremendous change uh, for them i right. mean their life is you bring happiness by sharing food with them as they share the food of christ with us sure and, and a lot of times they just think they, they crave family i mean if you think about it these guys gave up everything to be Everything. able to give us yeah. the sacraments. I mean, and I'm going to tell a story here, and I'm not going to reveal a priest's name, but, you know, 
I was dropping him off one night after he'd gone and done one of our service night things. We fed some children at a children's hospital. And he was so happy. He had, you couldn't have chiseled a, a bigger smile on his face. He just kept talking about the brotherhood and the fellowship and the looks on the families and the and the mothers that were just worn out in this hospital and just being able to be a blessing. I mean, he was blessing like the Coca-Colas and the yeah. cookies and everything <laughs> for every room. But we pull in the driveway and... You know, and he starts to get out. He's not getting out. Like, I'm expecting him to leave, you know. And I'm not being, like, ugly. Right. I just expected him to kind of get out and go. He'd been with us for a while. And he doesn't reach for the door handle. And I said, Father, is everything okay? And he's and he's looking at this house. And at the time, there were a couple of priests living in there, too. He wasn't mm-hmm. just by himself. But he looks over and he says, please invite me to do anything you ever do. And that partly was because of our relationship. But, two. It's because he, it was a crowd of saying, like, I am so lonely. Well, he's so far removed from his family, right, too. Right, right. Like, he's, yeah, these guys give up everything. They're not seeing their mom and dad every weekend, unless they're lucky enough and fortunate enough to live in the town that they are, yeah. you know, a priest in. Their, their family lives there. But for the most part, these guys are somewhere else. And they don't have a lot of family. And he just looked at me and he goes, I'm going to go in this house and I'm going to be myself. And he said, and I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be so lonely. He said, this is when the devil comes for me. Right when I'm sitting here and I'm isolated and I'm alone, it sounds pretty familiar, right? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Every show we've done has been about men being isolated, alone. That's why they fall to things like anger and and pornography and all these things. And through my job with with Cornell Studios and Strive, I have seen comments and talked to so many priests that that's where they wind up is in pornography, but watching pornography and, and things like that because of that isolation, that loneliness. They just when we all, no matter what kind of man you are, as a priest or a regular guy, you fall to these things. And it broke my heart to see that. And another night, the same priest came over for dinner. He'd been in our house for about five hours, and my wife and I were sitting there. He'd been playing with the kids. We ate. The kids went off in another room. And Angela and I and, and the priest were sitting there, and we were talking. And Angela said, Father, John's always talking about how we need to receive you guys to treat you. And is this true? Like, is John just like thinking he knows everything again and like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, no, this is, he, he's exactly right. We've had conversations. She said, what would you have done tonight if you hadn't been here? Now, this is nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. He's been there five and a half hours and, you know, having fun, all this stuff. And he looks, he gets this kind of solemn look on his face and he looks down and he looks back up and he tries to answer, you know, and he says, you know, Angela, I would have been, I would have probably gone home. I would have fixed whatever I had in the kitchen to fix. I don't know how to cook well, so I would have eaten whatever I was able to make. And he said, and I would have probably walked around the parking lot for a while to get some exercise. And then I would have walked back to my room and I would have stared at the wall of the gym for an hour, maybe hour and a half. And I would have pulled out my phone and I would have looked at Facebook and I would have seen all my friends back home, the ones that have been married, the ones that have children. And I might've questioned, did I make the right decision? Mm. And I would have been very lonely and I would have been very susceptible to the temptations of the devil. And and so Angela just sat there and her jaw was on the, on the table. Now I've heard that a lot from a lot of priests. It wasn't new, anything new to me, but to see her face. And, and that's the reaction I hope that this show gets from a lot of people is to understand that this isn't, the, the priests just don't go back and they're just, they plug into a wall like a smart car and then recharge again on their own. They need our love and they need our openness. He told me, he said, I feel very home, at home here in your home. Can I please come here when I want? And we said, yes. And he's been over all the time. There's times when I've driven home and he's in the driveway. And he just says, surprise, when he gets out of the car and he comes in. And I know it's because he just wants to talk or he wants to be involved. He wants to be around people. Mm-hmm. And and that's great. But, you know, even some people when I've told that, they've said, 
Well, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, what? And I said, here's the thing. And I told this to my wife. And I, I mean, I'm going to be very blunt here, so I hope nobody gets mad. But I said, Angel, what if the only time I ever want to spend time with you is when I wanted to go to bed with you? And that's the only time I ever wanted you. Just, we went in there and we went and we did that. And I never laid with you. I never held your hand. I never took you to dinner. I never sat with you and talked. I just, that was the only extent of our relationship. And she goes, well, I feel horrible. And I feel used. And I feel like I'd, just, I'd be in a terrible place. And I said, yeah. And that's where a lot of these guys are. Now, they won't tell you that mm-hmm. because their job is to be the shepherd, right? To always show love, to always show hope, to always show all these things. But they deal with these things the way we do. And I know we've been serious here for a minute, but I, I just want to get that across. That is what I think one of the blessings of this change in my life has been is to be able to, for the Lord to put this in front of me and to be able to see it firsthand and to welcome these men into my home and in my family. And my kids, you know, we all talk about how do our kids stay in the faith? How do they know what's important? How do they know what they should be doing in, in, in these relationships? My kids are going to grow up and know that there's been there's a priest in my house like every other weekend or every other day, just there. And it's okay. And it's normal. And it's loving and it's fun. And it's, and it's just a blessing in our lives. That is going to keep them in the church. I know it is. Because they're going to think, no, this is my home. Mm-hmm. And that's my father. Yes, he's not my earthly father, and he's not God the Father, but he's my father because he becomes in a persona Christi. He does these things for us, but he's part of my family, and he's part of my circle, and he's part of my life. So that's what we're inviting you into today if you're listening to the show. It's just a look into this, how we've both been blessed to have these relationships with priests and deacons, any kind of clergy that you can be there for and allow into your life. Yeah, it was viable, like I said before. I mean, you know, when, when, when you're part of a community, you want to be fully involved in the community. And that's for the laity as well. Sure. And um, so so how will we go about doing that? Well, it's a lot of, I mean, first of all, you have to, you have to seek them out. And you've got to get past this whole, we have, we have a, a tendency to put our priests on the pedestal. And that's why we're so hurt when they fall. Now, granted, like we said earlier, they are different. Mm-hmm. But they are, they are human just like us. You don't have to have some theological discussion with a priest to be around them. In fact... I don't think that they would always want you to do that, right? I mean, no, who wants to work all the time when they're off well, the clock? as you were talking, right? I was thinking about every day driving by Dick and Jeff's house and just hanging out with them. Yeah. But I don't know if you received that well. You know? I don't think so. I, I he, probably need to call ahead first, right? I don't know that he likes you that much. Well, you know, he, we live right on the corner. I'm just so kidding. Just, <laughs> no, you do. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, he says we're getting heretical here. Dick and Jeff likes everyone. <laughs> but, uh, no, it, it's 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 something that, that these guys want to be involved Like. I remember the first time I was with and Father Martel, for instance, that he was a Holy Rosary at one time, and I was in church afterwards, and there had been a big game. You know, Father Martel's a sports nut. Yeah, but you know, it was Is after he? mass. And, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we were. I have the pictures to show it. But we were, um, we were all. There's a bunch of guys in the back of the church, and we we're talking. Everybody's like, "Man, did you see that game last night? I, mean, I thought that guy was going down three times, and he just kept his feet, and that touchdown was incredible." And Father Martel comes up, right, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I saw it." And half the guys are like, "Oh, hey, Father." Hey, Father, how are you doing? Yes, for Father. Yes, for Father. Thank you. Great, great homie, Father. Move along, Father. I mean, that's basically what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Let's move along, Father. Move along, Father. Because they felt weird. Because we think that we have to talk to priests about the sacraments and all these things all the time. And a lot of priests, maybe that's what they want. There's some guys, there, there's some priests out there that that's maybe where sure, they want to keep personalities, it. Yeah, yeah. But for the most part, you ask me how to do it, just be normal. Mm-hmm. Talk to them about the things you would talk to any other guy. Just invite them into that. And that's going to allow you, everybody's different. So one priest may be a sports guy. A mother may not. He may be a book guy. He may be somebody that like wants to talk about music or food or whatever. But just 
Open it up and, and do like you do anybody when you're trying to get to know them. Open yourself up and invite them into your heart. Ask them questions about themselves, right? The mistake we make is we want to tell the father, we want to tell fathers all about our lives. Father, I did this. Father, I've been to confession. Father, I went here. Father, my kids are doing great school. Father, but we never go, hey, Father, what's going on with you? That's the place to start. Mm-hmm. How are you doing, right? Because they need that as much as we do. You know, what's going on? How's, how's like, what are you into? You, you, you run and stuff, you exercise, right? How's that going? Just to talk about that. Father, do you have any family? You got brothers and sisters? I mean, it's not a difficult conversation. We just need to change our mindset of how we approach the priest. They want to be, they want to, most people want to talk about themselves. So give themselves that opportunity is basically what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And let them be able to do that and explain to you, tell you what they're proud of and, and their family and all those things. So we start there. Just a regular conversation. Find commonalities with right. each other. Yeah. And then what do you do when you want to know somebody better? You present, you, you help create opportunities to be around them more so you get to know them better. So invite them to do things. You're going to grab pizza on a Friday night, invite them. You're going to go bowling with the kids on a Saturday, invite them. You know, you're going to go to a football game, you got an extra ticket, call them. Those type things present the opportunities for them to get to know you better. Mm-hmm. And then just love them. Open your hearts to them, just like you do anybody else. They want to be received in that way. At least the, the majority of the ones I know love to be treated as father when need be, but also to be received as a shepherd and allow them to love. And I'll never forget, Father Martell told me one time, is when I was traveling, he'd been coming over every weekend and I started traveling a lot at Lent last year. And he called one week and he basically almost, he wasn't chastising, but he said, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, when are we going to get together? I mean, just sort of like that. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't know, Father. I mean, I, what are you doing this weekend? He goes, I want to see the family. I want to see our family. He said, our family. And that really hit me right then that there was something that had, that had, a, a switch that had flipped, right? This wasn't, he wasn't saying like, I want to come see the, you know, and be part of your family. This was, I want to see our family. Now, what is that supposed to mean? Like that, that's the way our parishes should be, right? Mm-hmm. Our family, not just the building we go to, not just, I'm the guy up here that tells you about Jesus and then I leave and you don't worry about me again on next week. No, it's a family. And that's the thing. I mean, maybe we're harping on this a little too deep. No, but I mean, we all I need to be. That's what we the, have to invite people into. Well, we need to be the, the church of Thessalonia. Right. That's what we need to be. We, I mean, every parish needs to be that. Right. And that's the that's going to make all the difference in the world because think what you do for those guys. You are providing them spiritual energy, right? They feed off that. Every time those priests leave, they call me and they text me, man, it was so great to be with y'all. Like, what are we doing next weekend? Or what are we doing Thursday? Or when's the next time we can? Because just like you or me, everyday person, when you feel loved, what do you want to do? You want to turn around and give that love. It makes you better at everything you're doing. When people walk up and they appreciate you, you feel appreciated. And so you're able to go out and be recharged to do whatever your vocation is better. For them, it's to lead people. It's to connect. I mean, a conversation I have with Father Martell, um, when he was going to resurrection, he was on my back porch. And he may get mad at me for saying this. He may laugh. I don't know. He may never even hear it. I don't, I'm not sure. But anyway, it, the, la- the first thing I told him was the last night before he was going to resurrection. So, Father, I need you to do me a favor. He goes, what? And I said, I think we have a good enough relationship to tell you this. He said, yeah. And I go, when you go to resurrection, please quit reading your homilies. Mm-hmm. And he goes, what? And he looked at me like he was mad. And I said, please quit reading your homilies. You, I've seen you with children at masses. And you use props. Oh, yeah. you know, all these things. You walk around and it's amazing. But when you read your homilies, quite frankly, they're not as good. And he looked at me. He said, you think so? I said, yeah, Father. Why don't you try it? Trust me. If, if, if it doesn't go well, then be mad at me. 
And he did it the next Sunday. We were there because I told him we'd go support him. And he walked out there in that crowd, and and people were crying when he left. When we when when the mass was over, it was beautiful. And that he, he does that all the time now. And I'm not trying to take credit for that, but what I am going to say is we had a good enough relationship as brothers to be able to have that conversation with him. And it's benefited his priesthood. He'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. He tells people all the time. That's the best thing I did with my homilies. And it, like I said, it's not to talk about me, but it's to talk about he received that because we were in a place to be able to speak to each other like that. Yeah. And so that's what I'm saying. We can all get to relationships with priests like that, to love them, to receive them, to be what they need for us and not always go to them. Of course, we have to for the sacraments, all of that. But it's got to be a two-sided relationship to invite them into our lives. And that's the thing. So people say, I want to pray for my priest. That's great. So if you want to talk about how-tos, let's start there. First, pray for them. All the time. Definitely. There should never be a prayer you have where you're not praying for the clergy, especially the priests. They're going through a hard time. In the church right now, we need to be protectors of our priest. And that's another reason why we need to receive them as family. Yes, there are some bad eggs that are in there and some things have happened. But there's a lot of guys that are getting drugged down with the ship that are good and fine men. And they need to be received that way. They need to have an opportunity to present themselves that way. Mm-hmm. We do that by praying for them and then giving ourselves them the opportunity to spend time with us. Be comfort for them. Relax. Right? When they're around us, relax and receive them. Don't be nervous. Don't think you got to get up there and quote the Bible to have a conversation with them. Invite them into a normal everyday conversation. So no catechesis. That's right. I know that's your thing, man. Like sometimes you got to let them up the driveway before you let them in the mind palace. Paragraph 612. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. So then invite them into the relationship. Become their friend. Present those opportunities. Invite them into everything you do. Don't think there's there's something that you can't do that they won't want to be included in. Right. And then also welcome them into your home and your family. Nothing says I trust you and I love you more than inviting you into your home, right? I'm I'm inviting you into my my space and into my heart and into my life. Five, love them, right? Just love them like anybody else. We are better. They are better when they feel loved and supported. So that's the thing we have to do. It starts with a conversation. Relax. Invite them into the things you're doing in your life. And pray for them. And be normal. And pray for them. That's what we need to do. And I think most priests would tell you, that that is going to give them something that when they go home and they have to fight those demons and that isolation, that loneliness, they can look at that. They can look at the pictures they have with you and your family and they know that they've got a family outside. And they know they're supposed to be here. Right. Right. Amen. So brothers, I invite you and sisters into this moment. We've talked about a lot here on how to receive our priests. So let's do that in prayer right now. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of the priesthood. These men have given everything to be a conduit of your grace through the sacraments. Help us to embrace our priest as family. And Father, open our hearts to not only receive our shepherds as fathers, but also as our brothers. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.